0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled, multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. You can be seated. If you got a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 19. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank those of you who, uh, help me celebrate my birthday. I do appreciate it. I turned uh, 31. But even more importantly, we have a birthday on Wednesday. Pastor Tracy's birthday, who's turning 26. 26. I say, preacher, don't lie in the house of God. Don't blaspheme. He knows in my heart what the real word is. You know, like when you're in those prayer... They're like, you got a prayer request? Like, I have a silent prayer request. <laughs> unspoken unspoken birthday age is what we're going to say here. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 1. Are you there? Are you there? Do you love your Bible? I appreciate you bringing a Bible, bring, having it ready to read it. Don't just... Use a little cheater scriptures up here. Bring, bring, bring. If you don't own a Bible, we got them cheap, 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 cheap. Get saved, you get one free. Come on, somebody. That's good right there. Amen. But I appreciate you reading your Bible, you studying your Bible, valuing the Word of God. These kids are having a good time back there. We know Mr. Mike's in Revival Kids. Acts chapter 19. Now it happened while Apollos was in Corinth. Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? They said to him, On the contrary, we've not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, He said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized you John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in him who was to come after them that is in Jesus when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul had laid hands upon them the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying see, this is the word of the Lord let's try that one more time shall we This is the word of the Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Chris. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Since I had a birthday, I'm a little older now. I used to be younger, and then I just had a birthday, and so now I'm a little bit older. And, um, thank, yes. And, and as, as, uh, you know, 31 will do that to you. Wow. And, uh, you make sure all these mics are moving for me. And, and uh, you know, as you get older, you notice that some things change, some, some important things change, but some unimportant things change. And kind of a funny thing that I noticed in this last year uh, was that very few people I talked to had a New Year's resolution. It, it used to be when I was young, New Year's resolutions were like a really, really big deal. And everybody talked about them and they had surveys of what the most... Uh, common New Year's resolutions were, and of course the, the common ones that run throughout are, you know, I'm going to get healthy this year, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to actually shower every day, if that's you, please, I'm praying for you, <laughs> believing God for breakthrough in your life, that you wouldn't be too busy, or, you know, uh, things would, wouldn't come up to choke out, uh, especially if, you know, like if you got a middle-aged child, you got to remind them, anybody notice that? They, they, like the people who need it the absolute most. Think it's optional, you know, and, uh, and, and, and as I talk to people this year, very few have New Year's resolutions, and uh, I, th- I thought that was an interesting thing because society is shifting, society is changing, and uh, we, I want to thank the, the group of people who came this week and took down all our Christmas decorations, and uh, we have to put them off in storage, but uh, we began talking about, you know, what are you expecting for 2024? Uh, do you have any resolutions? And and nobody had any real resolutions. One person had a kind of a half resolution, not not a real resolution. And uh, uh, but but and I was like, that's 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 just so so interesting that we've come to a place today where people aren't really making resolutions. And um and I was like, what. Why is that? And I want you to understand, if you're a guest at Revival Life Church, or if you've been here a little bit, I want to explain kind of how God uses me and how the gift works in my life. What God does in me, the prophetic unction that works in my life, is I see trends. The Lord lets me see trends in in the Bible. He lets me see trends in the spirit. He lets me see trends in the culture. And in the last year, I've felt really a release from God to begin pointing out how we're seeing a manifestation of the need for Jesus in the culture. That's why I am putting up so many newspaper articles. It's not because I'm, I don't have anything to preach in the Bible, so I'm preaching out of the newspaper. We, uh, I, I, that's, that's not what's going to happen. I, I've been in those churches that they preach politics more than they preach Jesus. And I'm like, have, have you, uh, let's talk about the guy who rose from the dead. Can we just talk about him? Can, can we talk about the Messiah who came sinless and uh, bore my sin on a cross? Can we talk about that guy a little bit? Right? Uh, but, but there's this, there's, there's this um, problem that can happen when you have a Jesus who's only in church and you don't see what's happening in the world where Jesus is moving, where the church may not necessarily see it, or where there is a need, where Holy Spirit is brooding in the world, convicting the world of a need Jesus and God has gifted me in a prophetic ability to discern these things happening in society so I plan on doing even more of that Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about this a little bit later but as I was praying through this I um, read the Washington Post which is there's 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 basically two of the the top tier newspapers in America maybe another three that are close but the Washington Post the New York Times are kind of the major newspapers in our country and I try to read those almost every day. I uh, also try to read the, the, the LA Times and uh, <clears throat> the Chicago Tribune. I look at the uh, Herald a little bit. I look at the Palm Beach Post. But uh, mostly, I, I, you know, we, I like watching no, local news when I don't want to be bothered, right? You watch local news and they're like, they're opening a new Chick-fil-A over in... I'm like, oh, that's, that, that's, that's nice. <laughs> The New York Times is talking about, you know, Turkmenistan's, uh, you know, border with Armenia. and the, But, oh, there's a Chick-fil-A. That's nice, too. So that's, a, you know, if I want to just be not be too worked up, I'll watch that. So I was in the I was looking at the uh, Washington Post uh, this week and there was this um, a, a, a post. They wrote a large article about how people today are not doing New Year's resolutions. And the reason that they found in their article was because it was causing so much depression. And then instead of seeing 2024 as a year that could be better than 2023, what's happening today is people look at 2024, and instead of having a resolution of how they're going to make 2024 so much better, they see, wow, things are so bad that I would need to make a resolution at the beginning of the year. And it actually caused so much depression and so much anxiety, the Washington Post put out an article on how to deal with the depression of looking at the new year and everything that could go wrong, just like 2023. Do you see the difference in viewpoint? As, as believers, we believe that every open door is a new opportunity for God to come in and do something special. Every new year is a new year for Jesus Christ to be made known in my life and for me to get breakthrough. Every, every new relationship, every new season when someone new comes into my life, there is an opportunity for Jesus Christ to be glorified and for Him to be made known in the earth. But the world who doesn't have Jesus, all they know is something needs to change and I don't necessarily have the power to change it. And here's some of the remarkable amazing, insightful things that the Washington Post suggests that you do about this phenomenon. As, as the article title says, your toughest mental health goal. They talk about if you're going to have a New Year's resolution. So when I was a kid, you didn't have mental health goals. You just got right and shut up, right? Like the, when I was young, if there were problems, the answer was, I'll give you something to cry about, right? That was, that, that, that was the mental health in my generation. That's that's, oh, you, oh, you, you cry. I'll give you something to cry about. All right. My mental health. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's like, oh, you're sad. Maybe you shouldn't go to school this year, right? Like, I'm like, with well, this, wait, wait, um, I don't know that that's the answer. But so now they have like, you know, mental health goals. Your, your toughest mental health goal, presupposing that people who read the Washington Post have a mental health goal for the year, my mental health goal is just keep it together. That's it. That's, that's, that's my mental health goal for 2021. Just keep it together, right? But they presuppose that you have one. Here's their big mental health goal. Be nicer to yourself. If you've met with me, I have had that counsel for you probably many times. Here, here's, their, here's their advice. Hey, um, be nice to yourself. That's one way you deal with looking at 2024 that it needs to be different than 2023. Uh, And they go on to say, hey, if you're nice to yourself, you'll probably be nicer to other people. It'll it'll stoke some sort of compassion toward others. If you're compassionate toward yourself, you might be compassionate to other people. I'm like, hmm, I feel like I've heard these things before. I feel like there's a trend here. The the next one they said is, instead of feeling like the world owes you something, practice gratitude. I'm like, I know somebody who talked about this. I, I really feel like I've heard this before. And then finally, they're great... Mental health advice for 2024. Forgive others, <laughs> and then feel forgiven. I'm like I, I I feel like the world. I I yeah. Amen. I feel like I feel like the world is onto something here. I, I we call it Christianity, right? We call that being a follower of Jesus. This is and, and, and the world. The world is coming to conclusions. Because the Holy Spirit is convicting the world. Like, there has to be more than what you are doing here. You're looking at 2024 like, oh, what can I do? Can I seize the day? How can I make myself great? How do I get rich? How do I become famous? How do I not have problems? And the world has come to the conclusion, I just don't have that kind of power. And instead of telling them, hey, there is a way that you don't have to be a victim they just tell them, hey, we'll, we'll tell you how to, how to deal with this problem, how to, how to deal with how this ineffectiveness, this lack of power, this, this disconnection from any kind of solution affects you. We'll just deal with how it affects you instead of maybe there's something else that we're missing in the cocktail of life. I mean, listen. This, this, this Jesus. He, I think I think he had a revelation. I think I think he had a revelation of what it actually what it takes to get through this world without massive scars and without these gaping wounds in our spirit. Jesus was able to take the whip on his back and the holes in his hands, but his heart was whole. He didn't struggle with forgiveness. As a matter of fact, his last words on the cross was, hey, Father, forgive them. This isn't something he had to wrestle with. He wanted to make sure at the very end that he was right with people and that people were right with him. Like He has something to teach us about this. And I believe the Word of God has something to teach us. Because let's be honest, we're, we're in a chaotic world right now. And it's not getting any less chaotic. Have you noticed that? things are, like, truth is not being valued as much anymore. And as a matter of fact, we can even argue today about what truth is. Truth seems to be whatever lines up with what I already believe. I've come to a conclusion, and anything that doesn't line up with my conclusion is not necessarily the truth, it's not objective, it's not factual, it's not based on anything other than I am right and whatever disagrees with me is wrong. As a pastor of a church and a man in ministry who holds this Word of God to be the sacred Word of God, the truth of God, the greatest problems I have had in ministry with leaders is leaders who think that this thing is optional, but their opinion is is what is non-negotiable. This is what we have in the church of Jesus Christ today. We have a challenge with people who are baptized into a culture that thinks that the whole world revolves around them. Instead of the truth of God's word, I saw an interesting picture uh, in the in 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 the news yesterday of Chick-fil-A. Are are there Chick-fil-A fans in the house? Are we are we pro or against Chick-fil-A? Are we are we like them or no? Yeah yeah we're, we're pro Chick-fil-A. You like it? I mean the food. I, I think the food is mid. I'm going to be completely honest with you. The shakes. Eh, eh, eh. I mean I, you know I like that they're closed on Sunday. I, I like that they they honor God. I like that they say my pleasure now and then. That's pretty nice. I I I appreciate that. I, uh, but, 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 you know, they have like, like you go to order at Chick-fil-A and they got people out there to take your order. And you're like, what? That, I guess, I guess that's nice. Um, I, I could talk into a box though. So this person have to stand in 90 degree weather and take my order like that. I don't require this person to be subject to South Florida weather. And, and so they showed the picture in the rain of what happens to these Chick-fil-A. They're, they're wearing these, like these little, remember the old, uh, uh, uh phone booths it's like a yellow phone booth thing that they're standing in while they take the orders. I'm like, maybe during the rain, we let them go inside and we just talk into the box, right? Like I've been talking into the box my whole life and for my what, 31 years, 31 years, I've been talking into the box at the drive-thru. I feel like, I feel like the, 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 person at Chick-fil-A is more important than me talking to a, like I'll wait an extra couple minutes so the person can go sit inside, not in the rain, like, like uh, it be a lightning hazard. You're right, but in our in our society today, even even in a self-professing Christian business, it's more important that I feel like the world is surrounding me than to have this 19-year-old, 17-year-old kid stand in the floor to rain. And I'm like, what? What? We need a fresh view of what we're supposed to do here in the world. I'm thankful for Chick Fil A. I'm thankful for their witness. I'm, I'm I I am, and I'm my daughter likes their sandwiches. I, again. N- Underseasoned for me. Just gonna be completely honest. I, I you know, I uh, Popeyes. I'm sorry. Popeyes over everything. I'm sorry. I just. I need a. I need a. I need a buttery biscuit that just feels like a heart attack coming on. Like, I, like I need to feel the cholesterol going into my body as I bite into the sandwich. I need to. I need to feel like somebody with some taste buds made this chicken. I need more salt on everything. I understand and mayonnaise on my chicken. No, I want hot sauce on my chicken. I need it a little spicier than this. I'm sorry. But that's all right. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Chick-fil-A. And this is not a Chick-fil-A, it's a Chick-fil-A message. Um I take some Chick-fil-A money, I'll tell you that much right now. Uh but um but 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 the but the world, the, the world has problems, and and we seem to lose sight of the fact that like the world is in chaos and we don't have to live in a way where we're like, just hold on and hope that things go better. Like just hold on to the end of your rope because we're just subject to the winds of the world just like everyone else. You know, no, I'm, 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 I don't believe that. I don't I don't believe that we're just being tossed to and fro. I believe that some of us have a have an anchor. And an anchor. There's there's this thing called a sea anchor that when you're in a lifeboat, you throw the sea anchor over, and it's like a it inflates and it keeps your lifeboat from getting tossed in the waves. It just kind of keeps it still. It can move. It can be flexible. It can kind of go here and there, but it's not going to get tossed on a wave. And I believe that God wants some people in 2024 to not have to be tossed by this culture and have this sea anchor in their lives where things can just stabilize a little bit. I think the, the, our scripture today talks to that, and I believe the Bible has some wisdom for how we can do this. Today's passage, we, we see the difference, I believe, between dead religion, which tells us, just, just hang in there. You know, At the end, you get heaven. That's, that's all that really matters. And, and, and you know, between now and heaven, just, you're going to do the right thing, and so you get to feel like you're better than the world. Uh, so you get to judge the world, and then you go to heaven. Even if things go bad, you know that you're better than other people. That, that's, just, that's just dead religion. I don't, I don't need that kind of payoff. How about you? I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm looking for. I, I, I believe what God is offering us in this scripture today, in the beginning of 2024, is the vibrant life God has offered us. Can you say amen? I believe God has offered us a life that is way beyond churchianity. I just, just way, way beyond churchianity. In, in, in Acts chapter 19, as, as we read it, Paul, in the story, Paul got saved, of course, and Paul got radically saved, and then he took some time of discipleship, and then he wound up with the apostles in Jerusalem after several years. Uh, and then he, after preaching in Jerusalem for a while, they are like, you're causing problems. They sent him off to Antioch. And from Antioch, uh, he went on three missionary journeys. you probably heard of these three missionary, miss, missionary, these journeys of Paul where he was a missionary. Missionary, that's the word right there. I got it now. And, uh, and, and so the first one he went and he planted a bunch of churches and the second and third, he mostly went and visited those churches to see how things were doing, correct some mistakes, sent some letters saying, y'all are missing it, right? Like this is what he was doing, some cleanup. And so here he is on his third miss, missionary journey and uh, he went to spend some time with the believers there. And as he's talking with these believers, he's like, they're they're Christians, but there's something something ain't right here. The Bible tells us he he's with them, and he's like, something something ain't right. You ever meet a Christian and you're just like, something ain't right. Like we like, are we reading the same Bible? You ever you have, like in 2024? Like are, like have, have have you read the book? I'm not sure you've read the book. Like what what are you talking about? What wait what? Look, is it just me? Am I just my wife and I had an Uber driver the other day, and I knew he was a Christian when I got in the car. I just I could just tell by the spirit he's a Christian, and uh, and and I just began talking to him about Jesus, talking about the life of God, began just preaching to the guy and just talking a little bit. He's like, "Oh, are you Christian?" Like, well, "Yeah, I'm Christian." He's like, "What church you go, oh, you go to?" Okay, great, whatever. And uh, and then and then his whole Christianity was like focused on what what I like to say is like good religious works. And I like good religious works. They're better than bad works. Amen? Like, it's like, like, I would, like, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's a dead work. Well, it's better than what you've been doing. So just do these things. Like, I don't want to go to intercession because I would go for the wrong reason. There's no wrong reason to go to intercession, right? Just you go to intercession and you pray to God. Like, I need God to tell me to pray. No, you don't. He wrote it right here and told you. Go to prayer, right? Like, that's it's in the book. We don't need God to tell us things audibly that He already told us in the book. And, and so, uh, he, you know, he's, they're good things, and I'm just like, hey, you know, that's, that's interesting. You know, but um, you know, as I study the Scriptures, um, I think what you're talking about is what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. And uh, what we're supposed to do is actually make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to actually have relationships with people that are ongoing, that we disciple them in following Jesus. And what you're talking about is, actually, the stuff that God said the Holy Spirit would do. And He's like, well, I believe this. And I'm like, well... I'm that that, I'm happy for you. You know that hope, hope that's going well for you. Believe in that. But the Bible actually says that this is the stuff that Holy Spirit should be doing, and that we should be actually doing this other thing. And you know, bless you in the name of Jesus. And I just believe the Holy Spirit was with him. But I I I, I talk to Christians. Are, are y'all tracking with me right here? I talk to Christians, and I'm and 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 I love. I, you know, I love every person who's on the same team, right? I love all the Christians. I love all the flavors of Christianity. I don't think it's a problem. I think it's it's beautiful. I don't I don't look at the rainbow in just like one color. I like the whole rainbow, right? Like I like I like the rainbow because it's not just white light. It's got all the different colors. You can be, oh, my favorite is the, the blue. Oh, I like the red. I like the yellow. That's wonderful. But we all like the rainbow, right? The church is a rainbow. There's a whole bunch of different flavors of the church, and some of them are wacky, and some of them are boring, but I love them all, right? I love, I love them all because we're all, we all need each other. They, we, we all need each other, and so we're on the same team, but at the same point, I'm like, you know, God is actually active, and He's living, and He's moving, and I, I want to see, like, see people come into this vibrant relationship with God. And Paul is with these people, and he's like, y'all are doing the right stuff, but there's something missing. And I can't just act like it's not missing. Like, you're disciples of Jesus, yeah. Oh, you got baptized? That's, 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 that's great. But Paul's like, uh. I mean, now, if you've ever tried to win people to Christ, like, it, I've planted two churches in America. I've helped plant a bunch overseas. And it's hard to start planting a church. Plant, church planting is hard. I I, I meet with pl- church planters, and they're like, "I'm thinking about planting a church," and I'm like, "Don't, right? Just don't, just don't, don't do it. Just find a church and work there." And they're like, "Ah, but I feel this 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 this. Like, did, did God call you? Do you know where? Do you know why? Do you know who? Like, is, it, is it not? Don't don't do it just because you know the pastor won't let you preach at your church, so you're going to start a church. Don't. That's that's." Bad idea. And so these guys were in pagan areas starting church. And when you start a church, you're like, you get a couple converts. Most churches today, what they do is they get they, they become really cool, and they get all the bored people from the other churches to come to their church. So church plants today talk about we're planting churches to reach new people. But the majority of church, Mike, Mikey, your, your phone is dinging like crazy up here. You just want it just it's it's like I mean it might be important at this point. I don't know. Um, Uh, But the majority of church plants today, I've been to church planting conferences, they're like, the hidden secret is 80% of people who come to church plants in the first year are already Christians. They're just taking them from other churches, right? And so I try to convince people not to be church planters because if I can convince you, you're not called. If I can convince you not to to plant a church, you're not called to church plant. But if you can't get it out of your heart, you have to, then you, you should probably do it. And uh, so you go to a new area and you want to win some people to Jesus. And if you win five people like that, I've talked to church planters who were there for five years and won two people. And it was like the biggest deal in the world because it's, it's hard. It's really hard to go in an unchurched area and get some people to believe the gospel. And when you get those people, like there's this tension inside of you now, like my, like this group of people is my entire ministry success. And so when the bishop comes into town or the apostle comes into town, you're like, please don't insult these people because that's my church, right? Like that's, it's all I got is these people right here. Is this, are, you, are you... Like, this is the sum total of all this work that I have is this group of people. Please be nice to them, right? Don't, don't make me look bad because this is my church. And Paul's like, um, I see that you all call yourself Christians. And, and I could just feel the elders like, oh God, why did Paul come here of all places? Ah, oh, why? Like, we're having church. We like what we're doing. I can't believe I have these people. And Paul's like, ah. Uh-huh. He said to them, verse, verse 2 in Acts 19, he's like, um, Did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? And uh, they said to him, mm, no. As a matter of fact, we, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that the Scriptures that they preach from, they only had the Old Testament. And the Old Testament speaks of the Spirit. So we know that they had a knowledge of Holy Spirit, but not in the way Paul was talking about the Spirit, right? And so he says to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance. Remember that word, repentance. Telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And Paul's like, okay, you were baptized into what John was doing. That's 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 good. And what John was doing is saying, recognize that you got problems. Recognize that you have come short of God's glory. And what happens is, if you will actually humble yourself and say, I am not living up to my full potential in God. The Bible says that if you humble yourself, He gives grace to the humble. That if you make yourself lower, He actually will exalt you. Now, this does not matter who on the planet does it. If you are humble God gives you grace. He does it in jails. He does it in hospitals. He does it to people who follow Jesus. He does it to people who do not follow Jesus. This is a universal law. If you will be more humble in your life, things will go better for you. Now, you can be full of pride and you can bully people and you can get ahead as well. But that is not grace. That is you using people in a transactional manner that you get over on people. You don't do that and get far in life. If you lie, you can lie, cheat, and steal, gossip about people. That will work, but not in the long run. Are you following me here? And so these people were baptized into this John's baptism of of repentance. Like, yes, I am a wicked sinner. They baptized. Oh, I feel so much better now. I did the church thing. We had the smoke. We had the lights. I jumped around. Woo! we did the thing and paul's like oh that wears off that feeling wears off started doing your bible study reading plan for 2024 you felt so great you get in the genesis you get to the bagats, and then you're like oh The excitement of the creation was was woo, but then you get to the this Shem was the father of him and father, like, good God, where are we going with this? And I got two more days of this. This is and it just kind of wears off this man-centered religion. He Paul is like, Man, I I had man-centered religion. I had the religion where I kept the law. It was all about what I can do. And now Christ has come. And Paul had this encounter with Jesus. He was on a horse. He was going to kill some Christians, and the Holy Ghost of God came and smacked him off his horse, knocked him off his high horse, so to speak. That's where the saying comes from. Right right onto the ground, and he had an encounter with God. Paul was physically humbled, and in the midst of it, was spiritually humbled. Paul was awake enough to see that this is a prophetic act, that I have been made low. And when I was made low, I looked, and there was the Lord. In, in, in our lives, when we're made low, sometimes we just, we just fight it. We just fight being humbled. We, we, we fight we fight taking an L. Like we will do anything to get a win in the midst of the world giving us an L because we think that loss will define us. Jesus, Jesus never lost anything. And He was murdered. In His murder was His greatest glory. When He hung on the tree, the Bible says, He came into His glory. And so as 2024 comes, I want you to begin looking at the hardships in life. Looking at your struggles. Not as you being put down. Not as you being humiliated. But thank God for the humbling. Thank God, like you are going to use this trial in my life for my glory. How can we say that? Is this just cognitive reframing? Is that what we're talking about? Because that's what they were doing in the... Newspaper article. Just cognitive reframing. Just look at it different. Partially. Partially. But I want to submit to you that there is something bigger than that that God is doing. um, You can be be baptized and and want to be a follower of Jesus, but you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost of God. We, 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 we We need something beyond what I can muster up. We need something beyond what is the sum total of my training and what I have figured out. There is something beyond me and something beyond you that is greater, that is bigger, that is more powerful and is more important than just not doing the wrong thing. See, life is crazy and 2024 is already gearing up to be crazy in our country. Uh, Truth is going to be challenged Politics is going to be stupid. Uh, the economy is exploiting people. This is a crazy season that we're living in right now. Christianity is being redefined in the public sector. All kind of nonsense is happening. And there has to be something bigger than what we see on TV defining what is truth for us in the world, and we need a compass beyond what I see on a newspaper. These people got no clue that they need Jesus. They don't have no clue that they need God to point the way for them. They just think that everything that they need is already within them, and this idolatry keeps them from seeing the real God, the God who created us, the God, hear me, the God who is coming again, hear me, the God who knows. There's a God who's returning. His name is Jesus. And as a matter of fact, He hasn't actually left. He's still here by His Spirit on the earth. And He's made His life in the hearts of men, actually. And He knows what's going on. And And, and for years, uh, God has been talking to me about this. And I'm uh, going to talk about this more next week. But the Lord has released me to begin talking about some things that I feel deeply in my heart. And uh, I want to encourage you today with some of these things. Uh, here's the first deep one. Are you ready? God knows what's coming in your life. And He is not surprised. He's not worried. He's not scared. He's not up up trying to figure things out. He has this whole thing worked out. And maybe, maybe, maybe even, even the trials that you have been going through are part of His plan to perfect you for your calling. Maybe, 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 maybe that awful season that you went through was not because you did something wrong. Maybe, maybe God is God. Maybe He is still on the throne. And maybe like His Son, you had to go through something to perfect your faith through suffering. Maybe, maybe God wanted to make your humility, your humbleness, a sign to those around you that you don't have to panic when things are going wrong. That you can actually have peace in the midst of the storm. Possibly, amen. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. I'm telling you right now that every chaos in your life, Holy Spirit is hovering over it. Look, you don't have to go there right now, but Genesis chapter 1, let's take a look at the very beginning of the Bible. Those of you who did your reading plan already, you've read it. Congratulations. You read what the pastor was going to preach. Genesis chapter 1, the very first book of the Bible. If you're new to the Bible, the very first chapter, the very first verse. In the beginning, God. I want to just say that. In the beginning, God. Let's say it together. In the beginning, God. One more time. In the beginning, God. He's got to be at the beginning. Don't bring him in the end. People want to meet with me. Pastor, you give me a prophetic word. I did this, that, 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 this, that, that, that. I had this problem, did this, and now what do you think God would have me do? Mm. In the beginning, God. Not at the end, not in my problems, in the beginning, right? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless and desolate emptiness, it says in the New American Standard Bible. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And here's the part I want you to hear. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was Light. Hallelujah. I want you to see this. When, 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 you're, when you're walking in the anointing of God, <clears throat> when you have the Holy Ghost on your life. Ha ah, Shabbat. I feel the Holy Ghost so good right now. <clears throat> when you've made room for the Spirit of God in your life, this I'm not talking about being weirdly charismatic. I'm not talking about, you know, falling down, jumping up, running around. I mean, that's good. I like all of it. I would take more of it. Don't want to get you wrong. But when the Spirit of God is welcomed to move in your life. Every area that looks like chaos, you begin to notice the Spirit of God is hovering over, ready to bring it into order. God always does His greatest creation out of darkness. I talked about this in the Elijah message series. I referred to it last week in our online message, uh, and I pray that you may need to look at it again. But in great darkness, out of great darkness, God brings His greatest creation. Time and again in the Bible, people go through darkness, and they come out of it with God. And some of you are in this season of darkness now. You're in this season of trial. You don't know what's going on and you think God has left you. No, 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 no. The Spirit is hovering. And what happens is you go into the darkness like it's a, like one of those old train switching stations. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the train's got these little round things where they move the engine to go on different tracks. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so you kind of go into this thing in one direction, and now there's darkness. And what happens is people people are like, no, no, I already had a plan, and this is messing up my plan, not recognizing God's got me in His switching station right now. And I'm going to go into this darkness when I'm coming out of this darkness in a new direction. I'm coming out of this darkness with a new purpose. I'm coming out of this darkness with new mission. I'm coming out of this darkness with new uh, uh, cars, coupled to my engine to take a new thing for my new mission and this new goal that God has for me. Anybody hear what I'm talking about right now? You see, you didn't mess up and God is now like, oh, I'm not sure what to do with their life, I'm so confused. Oh, no, 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 what's, what's going to happen? No, no, no. God had to take you into darkness so we can bring you into the new light. I need you to remember that in your time of trial. <clears throat> my son, um, I'm going I'm to use that as an example here, Isaac. He had a bit of a, um, <clears throat> a car trouble last night and saturday nights i like to sanctify uh to hear god and get ready to preach the word and uh and and his car was kind of had an issue and it was on 95 near copens and went down there and worked on it and it kind of had some problems and we had to call a tow truck and and isaac's like man i, I kind of need this car it's you know i go to work and whatever you know we need our cars and and uh we uh, the tow truck driver finally showed up like four hours later because, you know, they told us it'd be 60 to 90 minutes. You know, four hours later, he shows up and the tow truck driver's like, car's not here. And I was like, well, that's a problem. Like, um, I had a friend, Ron, who uh, did this one time and they, somebody just came and stole his car. They just came with a tow truck and stole the car. And we just said, we just said well, God's going to do something in this. I don't know what, but God is going to work this out. I, it, you know, it may be that it's just, that's God's way of saying, hey, it's time to upgrade to a new car. It might be like, hey, I, I'm going to give you new, like, I'm, God is working. I don't know what this is, but I know that I'm not alone in this little struggle right here. So I don't have to panic. I don't have to worry. I don't have to be frightful. I can actually stand knowing God is going to do something in the midst of this trial. And, and so I honestly, if I can be honest with you, I was kind of wrestling in my heart a little bit because I, I don't want to get, you know, I thought maybe somebody stole the car and I was ready to get very, very upset. I was thinking of who might've done it and the tow truck, the original tow truck driver didn't show up and I'm ready to call people. My son and I are planning things that aren't godly. And we're like, no, no, we're going to be, we're going we're to be at peace. We're going to be at peace. So um, uh, Mike Rentler comes in here to pray nice and early as a, as a good elder would on Sunday morning. And I'm talking to him about it. And he just he says something to me like, uh, well, God, we just Lord bring the car back. And then my, far, my, my phone goes bing. Mike, Mike he was here. The phone goes bing. And I was like, oh, just found out the highway patrol got my car and it's at it's at a lot. And I'm like, well, praise God. How about that? How about that? I, I could I could have just been in fear the entire night. But God was speaking to me about my message through my life. Now, do you think we want His car towed? No, we don't want His car towed. But if you live a prophetic life, God is speaking to you through your trials. Nothing is wasted with God. Do I believe that God caused His car to break down? Absolutely not. Do do, do I believe that God had us, you know, turned around and the the highway patrol came and took it when we were expecting a tow truck driver show No, 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 no. But nothing is wasted with God. And because I've given my life to God, and I live a prophetic life, and I'm looking for Holy Spirit, I'm like, God, you are doing something in this on a Saturday night. I know that you're doing something in this. I don't know what it is, but I will lean in and listen. And as soon as Mike gave the word, hey, this is what happened, got the text, and the Lord's like, listen, I need you to know that you know that you know that I got you. I got you. I'm in the midst of these things. And in your life, in 2024, we have to lean in and know God has got you. You are not on your own. Take, take, take a look at this in uh, Romans chapter 8. Put it up if you would, please, Isaac. Romans chapter... or who, Bella. Bella's back there. Hi, Bella. Kind of like Isaac, but different. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 26, says, Now, in the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Oh, don't you wish that he would intercede according to the will of man? Don't you wish Holy Spirit would be praying for what we want God, like, listen. This here's here. I got a plan for this whole thing, God. Here's how you should work everything out. You ever pray for something for a long time and it doesn't come to pass, and you're like, "Thank you, Jesus, for not listening to that prayer request." Anybody know what I'm talking about? Really wanted to be with that person, and then I found out what that person was like. Thank you, Jesus. Like I wanted to work there, and you kept me from working. Thank you, God. Right, like I. I I have so many stories of thankfulness that God did not answer my prayer request because the Spirit, when He's at work in your life, brings forth the God's plan in your life. And here's what's important about that: Holy Ghost, like like we all of reality. I don't have time to get into this right now, but all of reality is within God. Right? It's not like God. You see the pictures where Jesus is like looking over the earth, like, oh, look what's going on. Oh, look, 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 it's happening there. Like he's some God outside of creation. That's, 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 that's deistic. That's, you know, God put the earth into motion and then he's sitting back and watching. Well, that's, that's not possible. All of reality is created by God. So all of reality is within God. We are within him. And, and what happens is he has a plan for everything. And he doesn't tell us exactly how that plan is going to play out. You see, your walk is not just your walk. Your life is not just your life. Your, your life is not just supposed to impact your life. You're not, you're not supposed to just be worrying about yourself. We think about, hmm, how do I become a good person? How do I, how do I become a good citizen? How do, I, how do I be a good parent? How do I be a good son or daughter, a co-worker, a just a, a, a citizen on earth. How do I just be a good person? You see, And God has this figured out. And so he's giving each of us instructions on what we're supposed to do and he's setting up our lives because he's working on levels that we can't figure out on our own. And the Holy Spirit, when we're like, I don't know if I'm following the direction or not, I, I don't know. Holy Spirit is working on the inside of us, making intercession, saying, oh Lord, let your plan, let Carl get out of your way, God. Let Carl yield to what you want to have happen. I know that Carl wants to drive down to that first uh, tow truck place and, and to just to, to hunt them out and let them know that I know where you are and go out there and be, tell you know, like, I know to Carl, but God I need, the Holy Spirit's like, but Father let Carl know that you're in charge and you don't, you don't have to do this stuff because you're doing something in the midst of this. You see, when we're in darkness sometimes we're like, I know what light switch needs to come on and God's like, you do not know what light switch needs to come on. I'm still got some switching happening in the transfer house right now. I'm still setting up the right door for you to walk through and I need you to stay in this darkness because you see some things die in darkness. See lies live in darkness, but some things die in darkness. You put things that are need the light in the darkness. God's trying to kill some things off. And what happens in the darkness, I have found that the loudest voice is the enemy and the enemy is trying to tell you how to get out of darkness through false doors, through false means, and you're in a place of pressing right now maybe, or maybe you're in a place of being squeezed, and the enemy's giving you some shortcuts to get out of it, but meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is making intercession for you, saying, oh, I pray, Lord, that she would wait. I pray that she wouldn't take this matter into her own hands, that she would trust that God is working on her behalf, that God is moving, and that she will wait and see the salvation of of God. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? But the enemy's like, oh, just do this right here. Just do this little door. Sneak out through the side. Go ahead and gossip about these people. We can do this in darkness. And the Holy Ghost is like, no, 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 no. That's not how I do things. You're never going to get God's best through the devil's dirty little side doors. You're just going to find yourself in darkness again, praying that God would give you a way out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Washington Post tells us to just try not to get too upset. That's what, that's, that's what you have. Just We don't have any control over what's happening, but we need the Holy Ghost to reveal what's really going on. We need the Spirit of God to speak to us. I find that if we will lean in in the dark season, if we will lean in to God, God, what, what, I need a word from you right now, and God will speak. Have you noticed? I got you in this thing. I got you in this thing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That is the voice that I'm supposed to be listening to. Anybody here see Django Unchained? I love the terrible movie, but great movie, right? <laughs> Remember the scene when he first meets Jamie? If you didn't see the movie, yeah, I don't know if you see it or not. I, I think it's pretty good. But the man comes across a row of slaves chained together and. The people who had them enslaved were dealt with, so to speak. And, uh, and, and he throws the keys to these men to tell them, hey, here's the keys. And uh, if any of you are into the stars and all that, that's the North Star right over there. Now we know, of course, that when enslaved people in the United States got free, it was taught that you follow the North Star long enough, you're going to find some freedom. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And so what I find is when we're in this season of darkness, the Holy Ghost, as we lean in and we allow ourselves to get humble, we get stripped down from what we thought we knew, and we put everything before God, and God says, I got you. That voice, that voice is the North Star. And we're only supposed to listen to voices that line up with that voice. And God is not just saying, hey, I'm not going to give you answers. Well, God is saying, I'm giving you a North Star to listen for when you hear a voice that sounds like this voice that resonates in your heart like this one that's the voice that you follow now when you have the people coming in to give you the side door voice the cheat your way out of it, the treachery voice, the gossip voice, the not being righteous voice comes in. You you get to reject that one. You're like, God, this is so hard. Like everything in me wants to take over this. The anxiety is creeping in. The the fear is creeping in. I don't know if this is going to work out. And God is like, follow the voice of the Holy Ghost because he is working all things together for good. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Come on up, Mikey, if you would. See, we live life cooperating with Holy Spirit. He helps us in our weakness. He doesn't just leave us out there on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal what's really going on in our lives. We need the Holy Ghost. Not, 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 just, not just the surface stuff, not just the churchianity stuff, but life. We need the mind of the Spirit. We can get just so fixated on being in control, and it's a hard one, Mike. It's a hard one, Pastor Tracy. People giving up control. If 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 you if you're someone who like have a hard time giving up control, hey, you're in great company. You're in great company. Welcome to humanity. But maybe in this year, ha, huh, maybe in this year, we will realize that our Spending for me, my 31 years of uh, trying to be in control of our circumstances has just gotten us to a place of being more controlled. Have you noticed that? I've never gotten to the end of a trying season and said, I sure am glad I was anxious because that really helped. <laughs> that I thought about sleeping and resting and trusting, but I am glad that I was anxious and I snapped at the people around me and I called everybody to try to control the thing and I just went out of my way to make sure that I was... I'm sure I'm glad I did that because people trust me more and things worked out better. No. No, you know. We know this, right? We, 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 we know that. But we need this in those times of darkness. We need to hear this. We need that we need to, and we need and we need honestly some some connect some 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 accountability partners that we call and say, hey, I'm losing my mind right now. And not people who will now tell you why you shouldn't lose your mind, but people who will be honest and say, Yeah, how's that working for you? How are we going to trust God in this situation? What are you gonna do to trust God in this situation? What what is it gonna look like to surrender? I love the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I've been stuck on this story in Daniel. And you know the story. I don't have time to tell the whole thing right now, but <clears throat> there was an edict that everybody had to bow down between, before Pharaoh several times a day, and these people didn't, and they passed a law that says, if you don't, we're going to throw you in the fire. And they say, yeah, go ahead. Throw me in the fire. Like, go, go ahead. Like, my God is able to protect me in the fire and then they said but even if he doesn't i will not bow down i feel like there's people in the room today who might need to make a even if he doesn't vow for 2024 I, i i i need 2024 to go better I need it. I need things. I like I don't know that I can live through 2023 again. You may know what I'm talking about. I don't know that I can go through 2000. But maybe 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 what needs to change is not the year, but how you're living the year. M- maybe 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 the answer is not what you thought it was in that I need God to change my circumstances. Maybe what you really need is God to change the person in the circumstances. And maybe, I would say this gently, God brought the circumstances to change you. Because he doesn't want the same person in the circumstances either. Is this making sense? Is this landing? I need us to get this. If we're going to do what God has called this house to do in 2024, we are going to have to be people in the world who have something other than the world to answer the world. We actually can be in the midst of the world and their troubles and your car disappears or people that you really trusted have gone absolutely crazy. Family members losing their minds for the billionth time and you don't react like you did when you were 12. That you actually have grown from that season and you can now be trusting God in the midst of the storm. Do you think God maybe is working on that this year? Do you think that may be something that God is prodding you to do? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, if you put that up, please. He says, Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. <clears throat> We're going to receive communion in a second. Can you put that scripture back up one more time, please? Hallelujah. I want you to hear this. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus. I wasn't stressed in the midst of that darkness right there. Tonight, we're going to pray for the Spirit to come into every area of our lives. But I want you to see something. When we pray, we often pray that we would receive knowledge of the world. I need an answer to this. I need the outcome to that. I need to know that this is going to work out. I need you to do this. But we don't receive the Spirit of the world. God is not interested in giving us the world. But the Spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. In other words, the spirit we receive gives us revelation. And revelation is far more valuable than the world's knowledge. The, the revelation contains the world's knowledge but supersedes the world's knowledge because it's the knowledge of God it's not just seeing that hey there's mental health problems in 2023 with new year's resolutions and i no no the the revelation from god says listen you actually don't have to be afraid of 2024 you don't have to just figure out how to deal with the disappointment of 2024 you actually get to hope in 2024 actually i have a better 2024 than i had for you in 2023 except this year you're going to do it with the spirit of god and you're going to come into some things you're going to actually set some resolutions that come from god so that god can fulfill them in your life so that god may receive glory in your life so that others may see your light so shine before men that they give glory to your god in heaven does this make sense All the Washington Post has is, I know you want a better life relative to the world and you're going to be disappointed and here's how to deal with it. Whereas God says, man, I got exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. But you better know what I call exceedingly abundantly. And you better know what I want you to ask or think. Because I want to give you greater than that. That. And when we allow the Holy Ghost to lead these things in our lives and put together these lists and these values, then it's the same Spirit who's organizing the world around us so we can come into it. Then it's the same Spirit at work in our lives so we can bless others with it. The same Spirit in our lives that gives us a foundation of trust when things aren't working out. And this is what Paul saw When he went to the church in Acts chapter 19. Yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah, you're doing the best you can, and according to the world, that's that's better, but you're missing something. Paul said in Acts chapter 19, verse 4, stand with me if you would. He said, John baptized with water, baptized with a baptism of repentance. Come, Pastor Tracy. Telling the people to believe in him who is coming after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. What does this mean? What this means is when we are baptized, into the new church, into the triune God, into the Spirit, all of a sudden, not only do we just get, ah, you're right, my my sins are bad. No, no. They began speaking in tongues and prophesying. That's not just a, I feel good that I can say something I don't understand. That's they now have access to the revelation of God that they're able to see things beyond what their natural eyes can see. They can be in the darkness, but they know that there is an opening on the other side of this that I don't see yet because I'm seeing in the Spirit. And when I see in the Spirit, my Father tells me, it's going to be all right. And I can take that as truth into my life because I hear the voice. The North Star has been shown to me. I hear the voice of God who says, I'm leading you through this and I know that I will come out of this better than how I went into this. You see, when you're baptized into Jesus, when we're brought into the risen Savior, we're not just in this world on our own. We're actually here with a helper, with a guide who lives in us, who will not leave us, who is a down payment for Christ's return, who reveals to us things that are to come. You see, other Christians, I love them all, and I love all my brothers and sisters in the liturgical side, but I'm not just reading the Washington Post to try to figure out what's going on. I'm looking at the... Bible and I'm hearing the word of God for what is the Holy Ghost speaking about this day in this hour in this season and the spirit tells me things are going to look stupid in 2024 but those who hear my voice they will know what the truth is and the truth will set them free from every oppression. The truth will set them free from every lie. The truth will set them free from every distraction. See, I don't have to walk in bondage like the world. I got the Holy Ghost in my life. And I'm here to tell you today, in this year, in 2024, the Spirit is going to move in this house. And He's going to move in your life. And he is going to move in ways that will bring you freedom that the world will long for, that the world will be jealous of. And we will tell people, come see the God that I know and walk in freedom. Can you say amen? Give a clap offering to the Lord right now, if you would please. Now I normally have people who come and serve the bread and the wine with us. I say wine, it's juice. So if you're, you know, not drinking, you're safe still. Alright? But I I want to tell you a very quick story. Uh, This is a prophetic sign. Long story short, many of you have heard this story before. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, receiving communion in an Episcopal church. Dead service, but God met me at the altar. I took the bread and I took The wine, it was actually wine, and I got baptized in fire. Could not speak in English, could not stop crying uncontrollably. My heart was burning within me, and I have never been the same. And so today, as a prophetic act, we're going to receive the Lord's table together, and uh, we're just going to believe that the Lord is going to be in and with us in this new year. Amen? So here's what I'd like to have happen. If you can come forward through the middle aisle and go back to your seats through the outer aisles, uh, Pastor Tracy and I would be honored to serve you the Lord's table. I'm going to back this up just a little bit. I'm going to break the Here, let me just pray over this real quick. Lord, you said on the night that you were betrayed, you received the bread and you broke it. You said, this is my body broken for you. Listen, he was broken so you don't have to be broken. He was broken so that we can be healed. Come forward and receive your elements.